Welcome to the Hunting for Purpose podcast, the official podcast home for all human design manifestors. I'm your host, Holly Marie, a 4-6 clinic manifester, a certified human design teacher, and a manifester who is following her own creative urge to facilitate a thriving global community of aligned, powerful manifestors. Wherever you are at in your manifester journey, or even if you are here just because you love a manifester and you want to understand them a little bit more, this podcast is the place for you. Stick around for in-depth teaching, for real-life practical tips and understandings of the manifester journey, and how to become aligned and powerful and thriving as a manifester. You are here for global impact. You are here to change the world. The time is now. The journey is yours. This podcast is your home. Hello, 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 everybody out there listening to this podcast episode. Welcome back to another episode of the Hunting for Purpose podcast. I, of course, am your host, Holly Marie, and today you have an episode with just me, myself, and I. (laughs) You have a solo episode with my voice being recorded in the very very, uh, lavish place of my closet, (laughs) my walk-in closet, because this is the only place that people will leave me alone and I can actually get some quiet. Shout out to all the other mamas out there (laughs) trying to balance business and kids and life. So I wanted to record a episode for you today about the creative cycle and specifically talking about the challenges of the creative cycle. Largely, I really want to talk to you about this because I am currently in a creative cycle and so I find it much easier to teach you about things that I am uh, currently being being an example of. It's very line six of me, right? I'm a four six profile. So it's really easy for me to teach to you from a place of, hey, this is what I'm doing at the moment and this is what you can see in my journey. So that gives some really ready examples. But additionally, I want to bring some teaching on this because in the human design spaces and even in this community, we place so much focus and so much teaching on the rest cycle. And that's justified. It's very, very justified because 80% of our energy is the rest cycle, yeah? We spend 80% of our time in a rest cycle and only 20% of our time in a creative cycle. And I really think that um, in terms of social conditioning and internal challenges and triggering conditioning in our centers and in our gates, the rest cycle is really where it's at, you know, for all of that happening. And so I think that we emotionally and um, mentally struggle the most through our rest cycle because it's just so at odds with the way the rest of the world works and everything that we have been taught about how to perform, how to live, how to succeed, all of those things. Um, But that just means inadvertently we kind of not just forget about potential challenges in the creative cycle, but I think that we get very uh, like almost nostalgic, right? We kind of place this like glitter bomb over the creative cycle and we look at it very wistfully as though like, oh, the rest cycle is like so challenging and it's so difficult, but that creative cycle, oh, damn, you know, the creative cycle is amazing. You know, in the creative cycle, everything is perfect and you can initiate and everything is easy and everything is wonderful. And 
I do believe that the creative cycle is easier than the rest cycle. I will put that out there very, very plainly. I think that the creative cycle um, is much more accommodating of our manifesto energy. I also think that it's much, much more socially celebrated, the creative cycle, because we are crazy good at initiating in the creative cycle and people really like that right? Socially, that's very, very acceptable. And that's seen as being something really special and really powerful and really successful. So I do think that overall, the rest cycle is where the challenges exist for us predominantly. But I want to take this episode to talk about um, what challenges do we actually experience in the creative cycle, right? Is it all sunshine and roses? Like, is it lollipops and initiations and happy, peaceful manifestors? Or are there some unique challenges that we experience only in the creative cycle that we really need to address and bring some permission to? Um, and like I said, I, you know, I want to bring this topic up now because I am in a creative cycle and I can really attest to this in, in real time and share with you what's happening just from a place of, a place of authenticity and hopefully from a place of, of encouragement for any of the rest of you that are experiencing this right now or have experienced it in the past or potentially may be experiencing it in the future. So let's let's roll back a few steps, okay? For those of you who are maybe be maybe you're a bit new around here, um, let's just roll back and do a general overview of what the creative cycle is and what the rest cycle is. So we know that manifestors operate on this moving creation rest cycle. So in very, very basic terms, what we do is in a creative cycle, we experience creative urges. We then initiate those. We take them and we put them into action. We have all of this energy available to create the thing that we have the urge to create. And, uh, you know, like all of our energy comes online. We're amazing. We inform people. We initiate. Shit gets started. Everything is golden and rosy. And then over time, that creative cycle starts to kind of wane off. It starts to disappear. We start to get disconnected from the thing that we're initiating. We get a little bit bored. It seems a little bit less sparkly. Our energy is starting to drop. And we know that we're going into our rest cycle. The rest cycle is a two-phase cycle. So the initial phase is phase one, of course, and it's this real like recuperation phase. It's where we, we're recovering from the thing that we just initiated. I think we underappreciate how how enormous the energetic role is of initiating, right? We we are the firework shooting up into the sky. So we're creating the firework, we're lighting ourselves on fire, and then we're shooting ourselves up into the sky and we're shining these bright lights for everyone to see. And we need to recover from that physically, emotionally, mentally, energetically, spiritually. We really need to recover from that. So phase one of the rest cycle is really about that kind of like deep tiredness, just, just you know, going in, letting your body recuperate, letting yourself recuperate. Then we move into phase two of the rest cycle where it's it's all about making space. Yeah. What we're doing is that we're allowing ourselves to be kind of on this like uh, like lower bandwidth, right? You know, we're, we're still doing stuff, but we're not having those big creative urges. We're not doing those, those initiations. We're not feeling like we can have output all the time. We may look pretty normal on the outside, probably just a little bit tired. We do kind of function at a bit of a lower capacity, but overall what we're doing is we're just taking life slower. We're feeling things slower. We're processing slower. 
because in that slowness, we are making a vacuum. We're making a space for that next initiation, that next creative cycle to come on in. So the second phase of the the rest cycle is much longer than the first phase. And it varies. I mean, we can have a phase two of the rest cycle that lasts for a day, two days, a few weeks, several months. Um, the, the rest cycle that I've just come out of, phase two, was a five-month phase two. And here's what I want to point out about that. For anybody who is perhaps not familiar with my teachings, maybe this is the first podcast episode you've listened to. Hey, maybe this is just a refresher for those of you who've been around for a while. The time span and the scope of the phase two rest cycle that you've just had is really indicating the scope and the time span of the creative cycle that is coming because you're making a vacuum, you're making a space. So the bigger the space that gets created, the bigger the thing can come into it. So having just come out of a five-month phase two rest cycle, I'm fully aware that this creative cycle that I've just entered into a week ago at the time of recording is going to be a very, very big creative cycle. It's probably going to last more than a few days, right? I'm, I'm potentially, I don't know the details, but I'm potentially looking at several weeks to perhaps even a couple of months in this creative cycle. I'm going to initiate things that are very, very big during this time. And then I'm going to have probably a pretty decent in-depth phase one rest cycle afterwards. This is certainly not the first time that I've been aware of this cycle. You know, this is not my first rodeo. Like I'm not the new kid on the block. I've been doing this for several years. And so I know that I am able to do these really, really uh, like big quantum leaps when I do these big rest cycles followed by big creative cycles. So that gives you an idea of, of how this is mechanically all functioning together. Of course, we can see when we explain it like that, that you know, of course, the creative cycle is going to be a bit idealized. Of course, the rest cycle is going to be challenging and, and the creative cycle is just going to be like, everybody wants to be in a creative cycle. Like, I just want to be in that all the time as a manifester. But I don't want to gloss over the struggles that we do experience during a creative cycle. If you listen to the the last solo episode that we did a couple of episodes ago, I was talking about macro versus micro initiations. And that certainly has a role to play in your creative cycle, right? We know that in a creative cycle, any creative urge is fair game. So we could have creative urges that are very, very big. We could have creative urges that are very, very small and very, very quick, and we can have multiple of them. Or we can have a mix of both, where we have big, a big overarching, a macro creative urge. And within that, we have several micro creative urges that are like a series of action steps, which move us in the direction of fulfilling that macro, that big, big overarching creative urge. So I think that that presents us with our first challenge for a creative cycle, that we don't have a 
textbook idea of, oh, as soon as I'm in a creative cycle, bing, bam, boom, you know, like my creative urge comes on and there it is. I know exactly what I'm doing and I know exactly what steps to take and I know exactly how to get this fulfilled. There is an inherent challenge in in that um, lack of predictability, in that inconsistency, that just as we don't know how long a rest cycle is going to take or how deep it's going to need to be, when we hit a creative cycle, we also don't know exactly what creative urges are coming, right? And we can have one of two experiences. We can have this sensation that our creative cycle begins, it commences, so we feel the physical components of that, and I want to get to that in a second, right? So the creative cycle begins and then we feel creative urges. The other way that we can experience it is that the creative urge can come with the commencement of the creative cycle. So it almost feels like the creative urge is what kicks off the creative cycle. I think it's a little bit more symbiotic than that, um, but it, we could kind of have this experience where they both arrive at the same time. So we definitely know we're in a creative cycle. We know what the creative urge is. We know where we're going. We're going to take action straight away. All our energy is there to do that. That's the easiest way to experience a creative cycle and I'm sending out all of my good Manny vibes to each and every one of you that you will all experience your creative cycles that way. In my experience, the more aligned you become with doing this, the more adept you become at doing this, you know, the more frequently you allow yourself to just roll into and lean into these cycles the more often you experience this complexity of, hey, the creative cycle has switched on and I'm not quite sure yet what the creative urge or urges are here. I don't really know what I'm meant to be doing. I do feel like there's some variation here between the inner authorities. Emotional authorities, you are likely to feel this as a bit bit more of an emotional turmoil, right? Like, oh, I'm in a creative cycle. I really don't know what I feel about that because I really don't know like you know, you're still kind of riding that emotional wave. Splenic authorities like me, we're going to have this um, ambiguity, this uncertainty, this like, I have the intuitive sense that something is coming, but I don't exactly know what it is. And ego authorities, I think that you'll have this buildup of desire, right? I can feel this pressure of desire building up. I can feel this want happening within me of, I, I want to do these things. I want to be in this creative cycle. I want to charge forward, but I need to talk this out to really determine what is it that I'm wanting, right? What is it that I'm desiring? What is it that I'm I'm putting all that ego energy into charge forward towards? This this really presents us with the second biggest cha- challenge in a creative cycle. And it's that when we're in a creative cycle, our body is very supportive. It always is, right? Our, our body is our greatest asset and our greatest tool and It will come online during your creative cycle by activating every single one of your defined energy centers and almost every single one of your gates too, especially your conscious gates. Those are the ones in black for those who are unaware. If it's colored black, then it's a conscious gate. But predominantly, you're really just going to notice your defined energy centers. They'll like kind of like gear up. It's like somebody will turn the light switches on for all of those. And all of a sudden, you'll have these kind of physical surges of energy, depending on what the themes of those defined energy centers are for you. I only have three defined energy centers, right? I have my throat, my spleen, and my ego. 
So when I step into a creative cycle, immediately I feel like I can talk a lot more. I feel like I can communicate, like I can really be magnetic when I'm speaking. I've learned to leverage that in business. And so I will bulk create talking content because I have this voice that I know is amplified and I want to use it. And it kind of like, it's endless. It doesn't run out. I want to have conversation. I want to be talkative. My spleen will really bring me big intuitive hits and downloads, right? Like all the fogginess from it is is gone, that fogginess that exists during the rest cycle. And in a creative cycle, my spleen will be very chatty, bring a lot of pings, be very, very clear. And of course, my ego as my only motor center, my only physical energy center, brings this surge of like willpower and fierceness and discipline. It's this like, get up and go. I can have what I want. I can go after what I desire. I can stick to this. I can be committed. I can be disciplined. Like nobody will stand in my way. And what what I experience and certainly what I have been experiencing in this new creative cycle is that all of that energy can physically come online in your body before the creative urge arrives. And so we're left with this kind of weird like internal chaos of, well, I I am energetically roaring and ready to go. Like where, where are we going with this stuff, right? I've got everything I need, but I have nowhere to direct it. I have nowhere to take this. I have nothing to initiate. I have no sense of vision or picture or guidance about what the hell this is all here for and how it is that I'm going to be using it. And so I think that we sit, we can sit in this very like confused physical state of like, this actually feels overwhelming, right? I have so much energy here and I I have no way to use it. I'm trying to, I'm trying to find a way to use it, but there is currently no way to use it. And I think that that makes us very confused, very overwhelmed, and often can be the thing that triggers conditioning in the creative cycle. Um, You want to particularly look at your sacral center. If you have an undefined head center, if you have an undefined Ajna center, if you have an undefined ego, and if you have an undefined G center, all of those places are kind of the top front runners of where you're going to trigger into conditioning in this particular experience. And what I have learned time and time again is that, that this struggle this challenge, it's very unique to the creative cycle and it just requires patience. It just requires patience. And I know that that's very hard to do when all of your energy is telling you to move forward, even blindly, but but it's a moment for reflection, right? Hone all of those skills that you've been building during your rest cycle to reflect, be observant, to journal, to meditate, to breathe, to to do all of those things. Take all of those tools that you have been using and honing and apply them a few more times. Give yourself a few more days. In my experience, kind of this unique struggle is never more than a few days to a week. Um, The creative urge will come through. It may come through in bits and pieces, right? It might not come through as a whole creative urge. You might get little bits and pieces. That's certainly what's happening for me at the moment. But pieces of it will come through and you will be able to kind of grasp them and and put these together into the puzzle picture and be able to see it. And we need to trust that our energy is going to remain online and it's going to remain available exactly as it is needed 
for when this creative urge comes through and for the duration that it's going to take to initiate it. I think that this is another one of those times where trust becomes a really big challenge. It becomes the Achilles heel for manifestors because we we don't want to trust something blind. We don't want to trust something that we can't see. Um, and we don't want to trust that this energy, you know, this physical energy that we have available now, we don't want to trust that it's not just going to disappear because we've had so many experiences of it dis- disappearing and then being told that that was wrong when actually it's just natural because we were just going into a rest cycle. So, you know, I think that we, we, in light of all of this, this can also really knock us around in terms of our inner authority. I speak to a lot of manifestors who really do struggle with making decisions about creative urges. It's like um, we can nail our inner authority for other things, but when it comes to creative urges, it's like they feel like the the internal chaos goes so haywire that their inner authority goes offline and they're like, is this a creative urge? <laughs> I don't even know if this is a creative urge. And I don't know if this is the right thing for me to follow and I don't know what action steps I should take. So I think that really the antidote for all of this, the antidote for recognizing that that this is a challenge, for recognizing that this is a, a struggle, that we might have this chaos in our energy, um, that we might have a creative cycle that commences before our creative urge comes through, the antidote really here is to drill down to your inner authority really, really be in connection with that inner authority and put your work into trusting the guidance that it is offering you, whatever that guidance may be. It's going to be different for each of us. We have everything that we need, right? We have everything that that we could ever need. This is part of the reason why you chose to be a manifester. You don't actually need other things to respond to. You don't need the perfect answer. You don't need the perfect person. You don't need the perfect place. You don't need the perfect time. You are the beginning of everything. You are the alpha. You are the commencement. Everything is just waiting on you to take perfectly imperfect action. So self-trust is is where it's at. Again, like in so many things with manifestors, the struggles in the creative cycle are going to be resolved by self-trust. And I wanted to record this episode to to bring some awareness to, hey, maybe you're in a creative cycle and you're feeling like this should all be perfect and it should all be hunky-dory, but you're still confused <laughs> and you're still a little bit overwhelmed and that's okay. I'm right there with you. In a creative cycle, still feeling a bit confused and still feeling a bit overwhelmed and um, I have learned by this stage that I can just trust this journey. I can just trust this process and everything, again, is perfectly imperfect and it is happening exactly as it needs to. My only job is to trust it and and do what I am called to do when my spleen, as my inner authority, calls me to do it. I hope this has been helpful for you. I hope this has been um, at least enlightening to you. Perhaps this is where you're currently at. Perhaps you've been here before. Perhaps you're anticipating being here in the future. But wherever you are at as a manifesto, whatever cycle you are in, I am sending you my love for that journey. And I cannot wait to catch up with you in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Hunting for Purpose podcast. I hope that my words, my sharing and the spiritual wisdom that came through today's episode have a magnificently transforming impact on your life. 
If you love this episode, I would be so humbly and truly grateful if you would share it on your social media. You can tag me on Instagram or Facebook at the Holly Marie. And also please consider taking a moment to leave a review right here on iTunes so that this information, this podcast and this spiritual transformation can be spread to even more people. Again, I cannot wait to see you for the next episode of Hunting for Purpose.